Have you heard that bang in the garage in the middle of the night? Could it have been a spring or a garage door has broken? Call the experts at Precision Door Service. Two numbers to contact them. Area code 708-474-6657 or 219-306-8155. They can always be reached online at precisiongarage-door.com. Those numbers again, in case of emergency, with your garage door, Precision Door Service at 708-474-6657 or 219-306-8155. You can always get them online at precisiongarage-door.com. Thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Uh, today, we are on number three of Talking with Bob. Uh, before we get into it, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to land the plane this time, but try this time. We might go for uh, Thanks to our uh, processing partners, uh, friends over at Payrock, Delo Studio Designs, uh, Danielle, my house manager, Esther, our creative producer, uh, big thanks to um, our creative producer, who's Justin, who actually is able to flip all these lights on and stuff. Uh, big thanks today to to my friend, uh, Pastor Bob Bauer. It's been a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, putting putting this all together with you uh, from the from the planning, talking about this, finally being able to get into the studio. What an honor that you would take some time to spend with us. Um, now we got you in New Jersey. It's got to be 1988, 89. Yep. Courtney's a little baby. Yep. Um, Lori is a brand new mom. How is she as a mom? Uh, uh, come on. Oh, it, can I brag on her? It, please. Yeah, no. She, she is an, She is and was an amazing mom. Did it blow you away at, at first when, like, your girlfriend, who turned into your wife, all of a sudden became a mom? You're like, holy crap. You're... It was all natural, Clayton. Yeah. I can't lie. It was just so – it was beautiful. It was right. It was, uh, you know, obviously – ups and downs there but you know Courtney was born it was so la la land in yeah. Holland Michigan moved to New Jersey and, and then um, we had a miscarriage and that was kind of a traumatic well after, kind of after Courtney yep yep before Caitlin yep. that was very traumatic yeah and, yeah that's right and then Caitlin was born and yeah that was fun and Caitlin was born in New Jersey, New Jersey too yeah um and it was just this little family. Um, yeah. Were we calling you Pastor Bob back then, or were you Reverend Bauer still? <laughs> I still like Bob, to be yeah, frank. You were just, yeah. I mean, you didn't want any of those titles. You were just, I like, I'm just Bob. I like Bob a lot. What it's good for dex- dyslexics. You can go frontwards or backwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, if you're in Chicago, it's Bob. Yeah, Bob. Uh, what's, uh, what's life like in New Jersey as yeah. a young pastor? Yeah, that was crazy. So all my life, I believed in evangelism, outreach, reaching people for Jesus, but nobody did it because it was a Christian community. You didn't have to. Didn't have to. Right. I get to New Jersey and like the second night of work, the boss, senior pastor goes, hey, I need you to come up to God Squad Tuesday night. God Squad. God Squad. I said, okay. He goes, show up at 630. I'm like, okay. Show up at 630. We're in a room. Chairs around. People sit down. He goes, hey, do everybody memorize their Bible verses? I'm like, I didn't know at the time, but it, 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 he was taking us through James Kennedy's 
uh, evangelism explosion oh, right, right, right. material. And they were memorizing scriptures. And then he said, okay, it's time to, it's like seven o'clock. Okay, it's time to hit the streets. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, Bob, you take these two and take Lemoyne Avenue. And I'm like, okay. So I get in the car and I'm driving. I go, so what are we doing? He said, well, we're going to walk up to strangers and tell them about Jesus. I'm like, you want to, excuse me, you're, you you want this Midwest boy to walk up to a stranger and talk about Jesus. I remember getting out of the car and they go like, okay, Bob, see the guy standing by the bus stop? Go talk to him. We'll go this side of the street. You go that side of the street. So I walk up, this guy goes, I go, excuse me, you got a second? Yeah. I go, um, do you mind if I talk to you about Jesus? That's how raw I was. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, I got a couple minutes before my bus arrives. To give it, Give it a shot. So I I literally told him the story who Jesus is. He goes, yeah, I don't believe it all, but yeah, thanks for sharing. I'm like, okay, it's not so bad. Pretty crazy. And then I started walking down the street. I'm like, they literally want me to talk to strangers about Jesus. Of course. It was crazy. Yeah. But it was cool. um, There's so much to think about that. Should we be doing that? I do think so. Um, I don't think we should be the weirdos that knock people over the head with Bibles and tell people they're burning in hell and they need to repent and come to Jesus. Now, certainly I believe they need to repent and come to Jesus, but I think it's way more of a relationship. And matter of fact, one of those examples, Char- uh, what's your name again? You're Clayton. I went <laughs> all the way down the end of this Lemoyne Avenue. Every night we'd meet up again at McDonald's. And I was sitting there one day by myself waiting because I'd walked – in the other ones, in the other groups would meet us there. And the girl walks up. She goes, are you in God squad? I said, how do you know? She goes, oh, you always meet here. And I said, so what do you do? She goes, oh, I'm in high school. I go, I'm the youth pastor of this church. And she goes, what's that? And I said, oh, come Sunday night. Bring a friend. And she came. And guess what happened? Mm. God saved her. Not that first night. No, right. But it, through time. But it, she started going so to your the, church. So you answer your question, yes, we should be Pretty excited and public about this God in Jesus Christ who saved us. Yes, there used to be probably in the eighties, right? Certainly seventies, eighties, a little bit in the nineties, sort of dying off. These these evangelism education things, right? Bill Bright, yep, uh, yep. a lot of that stuff, yep. right? Um, but didn't Jesus say to go in all the world making disciples? Yeah. Yep. and teaching them to obey all that. So isn't he then saying to to go and make friends with people? To yeah. disciple them, not not yeah. Yeah. not to yell at them on the street corner. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's a mere. I think discipleship is evangelism. Evangelism is discipleship. Yeah, and, yeah. and not that there's anything wrong with that, but that that's my excuse right. for getting away for not doing it. <laughs> right. Well, I think the chances of someone knocking at your door, stranger, telling you about Jesus, you dropping a knee and giving your life to Jesus, are it's possible. But all of the observation of my life in ministry is a relationship it first. Comes through relationship. Yeah. How long were you in New Jersey? Three years total. Uh, was it Newark? It's north of Newark, um, about probably 25 minutes. Uh, New- have you watched The Sopranos? A little bit. So I, I I, I had COVID a month ago or two months ago. Yeah. And what got me through COVID really was The Sopranos. Yeah, that would be, that's, <laughs> that would be the stereotype of New Jersey. And it is Newark... New Jersey. Yeah. And the whole time I was thinking about Bob <laughs> being these, uh, being Tony Soprano's yeah. um, pastor. Yeah. yeah. It, there there was an element of, of New Jersey. some of those guys. There. Oh, yeah. You knew some of those. Yeah. Uh, 
And you were a youth pastor there for three years? Yep. Did you, uh, I, what do they call it in ministry? Did you uh, become a senior pastor? No, or? I was ordained. I was the associate pastor uh-huh. over youth. So you, you preached a little bit? A little bit, but not yeah. enough. Uh, you wanted to preach more? I wanted to preach more. You felt a gift of I, I wanted. I really wanted to delve into God's Word uh, and be the consistent voice. Yes. How were you as a youth pastor? I, I was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. I mean, I... I the youth group went from literally maybe six kids, you know, to 40 kids at its peak. And we had the retreats and it was awesome. It was fun. Yeah. And I, it was awesome. And I, but I, I knew in my soul that this would be a, a way in which God would prepare me for being a senior pastor of a youth group called the church. Um, is it a young man's game? Most of the time, yes. Um, is it just because old pastors can't connect with High school kids. There's stories that that's not true, uh-huh. but well, most of the time it is. But rarely. Yeah. Some guys can sustain a yeah. youth group once in a while. I get that. Yep. Their their whole life, but yep. mostly it's a young man's game. Yep. Nothing's impossible, with the Lord. But yeah. How how did you hear about a church in South Holland, yeah. Illinois? Yeah, it's crazy. So the chaplain, college chaplain, got Jerry, a call. Jerry got Sitzer. A, yeah, got a call from. Uh, so you've made friends with him. Oh yeah, he's. Uh, all these years. And so this gets us into uh, 91, 92? Yeah. Nine, well, 89 is when the faith church started contacting me. Okay. So they, they knew about you. You didn't know about them. Correct. Okay. So Jerry Sitzer. Put my name in. <laughs> they said, we need a guy who loves Jesus, who's an evangelist and discipler. And he goes, well, I think Bob Bauer would be a great fit. And then Don Piercema calls me out of the blue in New Jersey. And he said, hey, I'm from South Holland, Illinois. This is called Faith Reformed Church. Um, you interested? I said, well, I, that you, you're saying that you need an associate pastor. Well, I'm that. I, I want to preach and teach more. And then I said, no. And then six months later, he called back and said, you didn't actually say no. You said no to that. What if it was a co-pastorate before the pastor retired? And I said, yeah, that's that makes a lot more sense. And that's what really I think God used to trigger me to come here. So that's what that's what you came out for. So so you started looking into South Holland? I mean, you didn't really know about South Holland. I didn't Holland. want my dad to influence me. I didn't know where South Holland was compared to Lansing. My dad was a pastor in Lansing. Okay, so your dad's life continued from Oosburg. Yeah, he went to Lansing. Went to Lansing. Illinois. Reformed Church. Yeah, yeah, Lansing. And then South Holland. I didn't know that they were like butt up against each other right towns. Right so then I waited till like way into the ninth inning, and then I called my dad. I said, "Hey, dad, how far are you from South Holland?" He goes, "Oh, like it's next town over." I go, really? I said, "Well, Faith Church." He goes, oh, it's a good church, you know. Hope you come. Um. So you eventually accepted that call. Yep. In ninety one. Ninety. In ninety. Yep. Um. You move your wife. And two, two, two kids, two and girls. Lori was pregnant with our son Grant. Okay, so you move your pregnant wife. In two daughters, yep, uh, across half the country, to South Holland, Illinois. Yep. Did did they have a house for to live in? Yeah, we lived in one of those parsonages. Yeah, there are two of them back there, right? Yep. So you lived in one of those, yeah. and you're you're on fire. You're excited. You love this community. Um, actually, um, I loved the New Jersey experience. I loved it. Um, it's a little bit raw. It was really raw, and it was so. I mean, there was no tradition in this church. I mean, we had we had people that would run to church in sweats, and we'd have moms bring their strollers down the middle aisle, and you know, people from every ethnic and background in this. And then I came. It was a little bit of a time warp for me to go back to South Holland, where it was predominantly one ethnic group. Uh-huh. It was a little 
little like, oh, wow. Because I really enjoyed the multi. Uh, diversity. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so it was a little bit of a culture shock. It was. Uh, and when, when you were in New Jersey, did, did Lori like live near her home? It's where she's from. Yeah. Yeah. She was probably 20 minutes away. We did a lot with her parents. They were super helpful for us, for us to be grandparents near there. And the ministry is busy. So they would watch the kids a little bit for us. And they were so, like a little getaway. So this was sad for Lori and for her parents to, to move away? Um, I would say no, because her parents had made the decision to move to Florida okay. and take an early retirement. And so it was like they went there and we went here. Um, were you nervous? Yes, I mean, absolutely. It's a d- next next step in leadership. Yeah, and you didn't know when this senior pastor was actually going to retire. Correct, if at all. Yeah, was he a good man? Oh, Dave Trebee's still alive. He's in his mid nineties. A great mm-hmm. man. Um, and I, I. I called – it was called a co-pastorate, but I really knew that it was an associate pastor. Let's be real. You just changed the name. And it was fine. But, I mean, once he – in the second year, he said, I'm going to retire and move to Iowa. It was the right thing. I, I wouldn't have probably stayed long after that if I would have been just that co-pastor because it really – it's like having two general contracts on the same site. you know. But well, we loved each other. We got along great. Le- leaders need to lead, right? Yeah. And you you yeah. were a, yeah. a leader and yeah. you were developing in, in leadership yep. even more. Yep. Um, eventually, so I guess it must have been 93, then he fully retired. Yep, 92. And he left this church to yep. you. How was how was that? Again, a little bit scary mm-hmm. um, because also like, okay, now you're responsible. Yeah, that's you. And how many people? 200, 250 active members. Big church? It was considered moderately big, yeah, yeah. for um, churches in America. Successful. He had done He had done well yeah. building a, a community. And... Yeah, the church The church was in decline when I came. That, they was, that was part of the reason why they wanted an evangelist disciple guy uh-huh. because some of the young couples were leaving and that kind of stuff. Why? And, well, I think he was pretty old school. Uh, so this was early 90s and, and it was just a traditional I'm not church. old school. Right. Um, I, I was new school. And I wanted I had some fire in my belly. So the the you you feel like the consistory at the time wanted some some new blood. They did, and they they knew that uh, as good of a pastor as, as this existing pastor was, yep. there will come a day fairly soon in the next couple of yes. years that he was going to retire. Nailed it. And we want somebody kind of already established, mentored into uh, the fold, so that when he leaves, we're ready yep. to go, and it's somebody with. Kind of some fresh blood. Yep. Um, so he leaves, and you, and so it worked perfectly. It did. Uh, you, by the time he retired, two years later, you were mentored into the community, into the fold, um, and and he left, and you were you were the young blood. Yep. What happened? <sighs> well, uh, there's some pretty cool God things. Uh, one is um, the board. I said to the board, we need to figure out. What's going on in the community, the unchurched in our region? So, 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 so already thematically, you're different. You, you were, you were much more interested in the unchurched, absolutely, than in the church. Because up until that point, traditionally, pastors took care of the flock, shepherds, yep, uh, pastored, yep, their people, their community. Yep. But you wanted not to build the church. You wanted to church the unchurched. Yep. So already traditionally different. Yep. And radically different. And yet I knew the tradition. Mm-hmm. I wasn't anti-tradition. Right, right. I knew it. And uh, I, I told the board, I said, we got to figure out why are people that are not in the church 
why are they not in the church? So we did a huge survey in South Holland, River Oaks Mall, Thornton, Lansing. Pretty fascinating because we'd knock on the door. I had an assistant with me, a couple of assistants. I'd knock on the door and say, hey, who I am, Bob? Can I ask you a couple questions? Yeah. You go to church? No. Did you ever go to church? Yeah, yeah. Why did you leave? Oh, it's boring, irrelevant. And always condemning everybody to hell. And I said, well, what kind of church would you go to if, if you – then they'd say this, this, this. And we tabulated all these results. And we're like, wow, there's some things we could change that would make it appealing to the unchurched. Because some of those changes weren't biblical changes. No, biblically, there we never change at all. I mean, it was it was it was just style. It was or style of music. It or, was things like clothing. Believe it or not, one the second or third number one reason why people they wouldn't go back to church because they didn't know what to wear. There was an expectation of dressing up. Yeah, and the formality and the traditions and the language, the insider language of a church. And so you you went about uh, changing that. I led the change. Um, Kicking over some sacred cows. Yes. <laughs> Hit them hard. Are you no. ready? Yeah. Go uh, for it. Did, uh, did you piss off some old community people? Yes. Didn't ever think that was going to happen. I thought, man, I've always been – the people always liked me. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a nice guy. So were you naive? I think spirit. Uh, I think the Lord protected me. Yes. I was spiritually naive. Positive, uh, optimistic. Totally. I thought everybody like, oh, this is about Jesus. Yeah. Why would you argue about Jesus being reached? It's it's a it's a good idea. Um, it's biblical. It's about building the church. And for crying out loud, Bob's doing it. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong here? Yeah. And then then some people, some oh, some really hurtful things. Some big people. Yeah. Really some hurtful. important people. Yeah. Uh, some wealthy people. Yeah. Some. I had some threats. Some good friends. Um, let you know that you were destroying their church. Yes, quote. Um, what does that do? Because now you're flying solo, right? Now yeah. senior pastor's not there. You're a dad. You're a husband. You're on your own. You're doing your thing. You're 92, 93. Now, yeah, but let's go. This this change started about 94, 95, 96. Yeah. Um, now you're in the hot seat. Yep. What does that do to you? Well, it drew, drew me to my knees, and I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot more time back then, honestly, on my knees in the basement praying, begging God because it was scary because there were some mean things said about me, rumors that were spread about me that were I knew were not true. What were people saying? You're ruining my church. Um, you just want to be Bill Hybels. Right. Um you know what about us? Because you know? uh, because at that time you had kind of reconnected with Steve Patterson and Bill Hybels, yeah, yeah. and and their movement. For yeah. ten, I learned. I just I learned a lot. I I never wanted to become a willow. I didn't right. want to become a seeker targeted church. I wanted to be reformed theologically orthodox, but I did want to reach the outside, unchurched world. Uh, they call it seeker sensitive. Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, that's a fair way. Um, and so there's a contingency of of people that were really mad, yeah, because you were the first pastor in their world that wasn't pastoring them as much as trying to pastor the unchurched. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I I had to have conversations in my head a lot, like, okay, Lord, 
um, I I don't want people to be pissed off at me. I I want people to love me, but I also won't compromise what God you're doing. And I had to always remember where are the yes votes. Mm-hmm. And I a lot of people, the majority of the people, were really excited about what was happening. There was a movement. Um, I, there's a couple of scary moments where I like, Lord, I hope I'm not sinking the ship. Yeah, so, so, were, were there times where you questioned yourself, or you questioned, oh. "Am I really listening to what God is saying, or is this what I want to do?" No, I knew, I sensed God saying yes. I, I don't, I didn't ever doubt that what I was doing was wrong, but I, I did doubt whether or not this would actually be the place where I would stay long term, because there are some pretty significant churches that wanted to grow that way and that were contacting me, and and I just I was tempted because they were offering me the world yeah. financially because faith at the time wasn't very – Didn't um, have a lot of money. No, <laughs> and it was – the generosity issue was always at stake with me. Like, could we survive? Yeah, and let's be honest. A lot of the guys that you were taking off were the money guys. Some of them, not all of them. I mean, once, once in a while I get a threat like, don't forget where your money comes from. But that only happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had enough maturity to go like in my mind like that is the stupidest thing you could possibly say to our God. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I, I and, and and God proved that to be true. Right. Did you make any mistakes? Oh yes, absolutely. Oh, you want them? Oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yes, I made mistakes. I mean, what's, uh, like, um, I got mad one time uh, where I got defensive. You didn't do it correctly all the time. Yeah, there was a time where I got cornered, and um, so there's a there's a couple times where people were really mad at me and made it public in the church, in the back of the church, in the, in the called the, what, the narthex, the lobby. Uh-huh. And one time a guy really loudly was cutting me down and I wasn't in that circle. And I walked up and I said, oh, by the way, what we're doing at Faith Church is to reach your unchurched son. And I embarrassed him on purpose. And that was a mistake. And I felt guilty. I did apologize later, um, not at that moment, but I was right. like, you son of a gun, you know, kind of, you are cutting me down for leading a church that cares for people that are outside, and your son's one of them. Yeah. And that was that was hard. I made some, I mean, I don't have any big blow-up cussing, swearing, right. none of those. Um, mistakes probably were more like maybe some of these people ticked me off. I would talk about, but not gossip like around the church, but right. I would vent. Yeah. Just talking to your buddies. And it would it because it hurt. Yeah. Tell me about your first contemporary service. That was a riot. I was scared out of my mind. Lived at that time. We bought our first house across town. Got up at three in the morning, drove over to church. We had advertised, marketed the whole community that this new experience in worship. We're gonna have a 9:30 normal traditional service, 11:15, this contemporary service. And I just couldn't sleep. So I went over and laid in the altar. The stairs going up to the podium, just laid there and begged God. I didn't hear an audio audible voice of God, but I know that God spoke to my soul. And he said, Bob, every prayer you offered, every change you've made, every house you knocked on the door to make this possible, if one person shows up, it was worth it all. And I remember my soul getting up, going back home, slept a couple hours, took a shower, came back, and then we had the first service, normal one, traditional. And then all of a sudden, one guy walks in. He had a leather jacket on. I'll never forget. He's Italian. He sits down in the back row. I go, hey, I'm Bob. He goes, hey, 
when did this church become not Dutch? I noticed it's <laughs> called Faith Church now, not Faith Reformed Church. All the Dutch people are Reformed. And I'm like, well, actually not. That's probably not right. But welcome to Faith Church. And I remember walking and go, that's the one guy. That's the one. But it turned out 160 people showed up that day. Do you remember that? Do you remember that guy? I don't remember his name. He's still around. He was. He stayed around. Oh yeah, absolutely. He may have stayed till he died. He was older, but he lived behind the church, and he was invited to the church. And he said, "I didn't know I could come to one of these Dutch churches," and that was so moving. But it, proverbially, Clayton, in some respects, the rest was history. Right. The rest is history. That was the movement of an avalanche of and the you, gospel. And you've written a book about that called the U-Turn Church. Yep. Right. With Kevin Harney. Yep. Uh, U-Turn Ministries, and really. Your legacy is built on the unchurched. And the church. I, I got to be fair. Right. Let, be fair. But the difference was that you had as much heart and yes. soul and passion for the unchurched, for the the, the unshepherdable, yep. as you did That's fair. the shepherd. And that, Bob, is what has made all the difference. Not, not, not only in in what Faith Church eventually went on to become, but also in my life. Yeah. I, I remember, do we got time for this, Justin? Do we got time for a little bit of my story? Uh, I remember my first experience at Faith Church. Yeah. It was Thanksgiving 1995. Mm. So in just two weeks, Thanksgiving will be 26 yeah. years. My yeah. first service. It was authentic. Yeah. I don't really remember or care about the music, um, the contemporary stylings. It was probably cool enough to keep me interested. Yeah. But it felt authentic. I had just gotten married. I was a professional actor. I was out doing my thing. Went to a couple of churches. I knew I, I needed to be in a, a church. Uh, and I went to this church. And for a Thanksgiving service, you asked people to come up and share what they were thankful for. And there were microphones, two microphones put on either side. It wasn't crazy. There wasn't huge long lines of people. There were probably two or three people at, at every mic. And I remember Leanne Mast. Coming up and saying something. Something nice. Something that she was thankful for, this church, her family, or whatever. And she broke my heart. And not because it was sad, but it was the first time I had been in something that real. And that made all the difference for me. It was a real yeah, experience. Fair. Yeah, that's good. That's what kept me and keeps me coming back. Yeah, I praise the Lord. That's the answer to prayer. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's, you know, people say, was it a program? Was it a style? Some of that played into it. No, it was the Holy Spirit. It was It was the Holy Spirit. It, it continues to be. Yeah. Um, people have said faith church is entertainment <laughs> because it's good. It's polished. It's rehearsed. It's whatever. But I will stand toe-to-toe with anybody because I've been there. I've been part of the program. Yep. Right? The, the oh, develop, absolutely. Developing worship. And 
is that I don't know how it comes across. It may come across pretty professional. And if that's what you mean by entertainment, I, I don't know. But it remains authentic. Because I've been in those meetings with you. And we have prayed together. Yes. And we have cried together. And there have been meetings where, it, let's say it was a two-hour meeting, and we would pray in a group for an hour and a half. Yes. And that last half hour was the meeting in which everything got accomplished. Yeah. I remember those meetings. That's right. um, oh, that's good. Good memories. We are we are going to stop this one probably a little bit early. Good. Because we, we do have a fourth one. And plus, I've been drinking all this water. You need some water. Yeah. We, need to, we need to take a break. And yeah. the fourth one is when it's going to get uh, serious, down and dirty. Let's and do it. We're going to learn about all the secrets <laughs> that Bob has. Everybody, the world wants to know boxers or briefs. We're going to oh, talk about that it's painful. when we come back, guys. Uh, I'm playing from 316 Creative Works. Thanks for checking out another 316 podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out 316 Podcasts. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Hey, just a reminder where you can catch us. You can always catch us on Facebook. That's 316 Podcasts. Uh, and if you just want to stream and listen, we're on uh, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Apple. What else is out there? Wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, that's 316 Podcasts. So that's the number three, the word 16 podcasts with an S, or you can always email us at 316podcast at gmail.com. I'm Clayton from 316 Creative Works. Thanks for watching 316 Podcasts. Thanks, guys.